global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Financial shares are leading the market higher today as worries over the health of European banks ease. A report said Deutsche Bank is nearing a less expensive settlement with U.S. regulators than investors had feared. Financial shares are up the most in eight weeks. The S&P 500 is on the verge of erasing a second straight monthly loss, helped by today's gains. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 208 points, a gain of 1.1%, trading at 18,351. S&P 500 up 22 points, a gain of 1%, trading at 2173. NASDAQ higher by 53 points, or 1% at 5322. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up 20 cents a barrel, four tenths of a percent to 4803. Spot gold down $5.50 a ounce to 13.2050, and the 10-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds with a yield of 1.60%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Catherine Cowdery. All right, it's time now for the ETF report. It is brought to you by Instinct Options from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Capture liquidity in U.S. equity and index options trading by unleashing the in-depth market insights and adaptive algo strategies of Instinct Options. That's the power of global connections. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for our exchange-traded funds report. OPEC's decision to cut production is reverberating throughout the energy industry and will affect ETFs that focus on Master Limited Partnerships, or MLPs. That's a word from Jeremy Goff, Director of Strategic Ventures for Tortoise Capital Advisors. It'll reduce global oil supplies by about a million barrels a day. That'll Somebody is going to have to fill that void. I think North American assets are going to have to produce oil in order to fill that void, and so that's going to have a benefit across the energy value chain. So these assets will definitely be positively impacted. Goff's firm offers the Tortoise North American Pipeline Fund, ticker TPYP, which contains some MLPs. There are currently more than 30 ETS in that category, and Goff anticipates further interest and growth. I would say it's always primarily a focus for ETS because it is such a big yield provider. Goff says these MLP ETFs can fit into a portfolio in a number of ways, as an allocation to a real asset or as yield producers. He emphasizes the importance of understanding the underlying index and the fund's tax implications. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. The stock market and the presidential election cycle. Here to tell us more, Matt Maley. He is managing director and equity strategist at Miller Tabak and Company, joining us from Boston, home to Bloomberg 1200. All right, Matt Maley, tell us about your history work. Well, it's funny. I initially wanted to look at what, what happens after a, a, a two-term presidency comes to an end, because the last two times it happened, it, there was a dramatic move in the market. But as I went back, I went back all the way back to World War II, almost 70 years, and it showed that it didn't matter uh, uh, how many terms were there. When, anytime there was a change in the person that uh, rose to the, to the presidency through an election, I did not count those times when uh, there was a death or, or a resignation, uh, because those policies kind of remain the same. But when a new person stepped in, there's been a dramatic move in the stock market that began right after the election every single time. It's about two-thirds of the time it's been down, but a third of the time it's been up. So it's, uh, it's hard to say exactly which way it will go, but people have to be prepared, I believe, uh, and start thinking about in advance uh, the, the odds that we will break out of this range and be prepared for either uh, eventuality. 
So how could you profit from having this information that you know that there's going to be a surge or a move in one direction or the other, but you don't know which direction? Well, I think number one is, is really in, is going to be key in your planning. Now, there are some things you can you know you know buy you know, or try to invest in, in a pickup of volatility, uh, whether it be uh, you know the VIX and things like that. However, I think more importantly, it's just a situation where you want to sit back and decide you know have a plan in advance now. Don't you know most people go to their financial advisor in December or January to talk about the, you know the upcoming year. I say do it now because if we do uh, if, once you see the market moving, if you have a plan for for each eventuality, you're not going to panic and sell everything if the market starts to go down. And you're also not going to, even if the market goes up, people tend to just, you know, oh, let's buy the, you know, the hottest thing. And that's not always the best move. So if you have a base plan in advance, you can kind of sit back and decide you want, what you want to do once you see the market making, making its move. Now, again, I, I will say this. I'm not doing this for self-serving purposes. Motor Tabak, really, we really talk to institutional investors, not individuals. So uh, my advice is to go see your financial advisor, and, and I mean that uh, in, in, in a non-self-promoting way, I guess is my point. No, no, we, I, I, think, I think we take that, uh, Matt. And, and I just want you, if you can, to step back for just a moment because, you know, if you take a look at the money that is made in any asset class and you chart it, if you put it together and you draw a nice line and you ask people where should you have purchased this asset, it's usually at the very bottom. It's at the, the very valley of, of the line. And as a result, you look at what the news was around those events that brought it uh, to that conclusion, and you find there's a lot of negativity that maybe you should buy into. Exactly. I th- it's funny because uh, the uh, well, that's why I say that people, when things turn around, uh, people tend to chase the, uh, the the winners, but they're usually coming to an end of their uh, of their cycle. The one thing to note too is that you know, of course, what we saw, we had a big sell-off that began right, literally on election day when Obama was elected president, and it sold off you know, over thirty percent. However, <laughs> that March provided one of the best buying opportunities of all time. Uh, so again, investors need to be nimble. Have their plans set up in advance, but I totally agree. Uh, you know, right now with the market valuations high and uh, the market's near its all-time high, uh, the the odds that this move will be to the downside. But you want to be prepared to uh, you know to scoop up uh, and. I guess my another important point to make is that unlike the big moves we've had recently in the last year or two when we've had 10 to 15% moves, these post-election moves usually last at least 9, 10 months or even a year, year and a half. So uh, I think whatever we get is going to be a, 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 long, uh, a longer process than we've seen in the past. So we want to be prepared for it in advance. So with the VIX, uh, the volatility index right now down 8.5% today, down 1.17, trading at 12.85, would you uh, concur that it is uh, at a level that indicates complacency? Yes, I definitely think so. I mean, you look at what's going on with, with, with Deutsche Bank, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have been talking about it all day long, and, and, and I've been hearing you talk about it uh, when I can be, when I've been able to listen in. And the thing is, is that I, I don't think Deutsche Bank is going to go under. It's not going to go the way of Lehman Brothers. Uh, however, um, look at what's happened. The market, that stock is down over 75%, and the stock market's done nothing. The, 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 we are way too complacent because people kind of think that, well, it's not going to go out of business, so therefore everything's fine. Deutsche Bank's still 
still has issues. I mean, the whole banking, I don't want to say the whole banking system, but banks in general with these, you know, low, ultra low interest rates, negative interest rates, zero interest rates, it's going to be hard for them to make money. And so, therefore, I think the markets, the complacency in the marketplace is higher than most people realize because, and even in our own stocks in the U.S., they badly lag the S&P. And I think it shows that maybe people are a little too complacent with the way the banking system, we've gotten too much into this situation where, oh my gosh, if it's going to be negative, it's going to be a disaster. Well, that doesn't always happen. It's just, it has to, it has happened the last two times for us, but usually it doesn't. And my point is that, that uh, the chances of, the, of, of this next move being a down 10 or 15% or even 20% is not out of the question. It's not the end of the world, and let's take advantage of it. Uh, but just because it's not going to be uh, 2008 all over again doesn't mean it still can't be uh, a painful one. This idea of taking advantage of a market move, when someone sells, there's another buyer that may step in. You've got to have that ready cash in order to make that kind of trade. Exactly. I, you know, it, it just the people get too too much uh, caught up in what's going on at the moment. You know, everybody kind of says, don't panic, don't panic on the way down. But people can panic on the way up, too. So when you've got that plan in advance, you sit down and you talk to your financial advisor, have, you know, you know you've, you've got your, 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 your plan, you've always had a plan set up, do you want to tweak it, how do you want to take advantage of it? But when you have the plan, at least some sort of a base plan in base, in both, you know, two plans for both eventuality. And so that when it comes to it, you can sit back and make an intelligent one and not one where you're where you're panicked in either direction do you believe that institutional investors panic or are they just so powerful that they're able to battle against each other and whipsaw the market in a way that we perhaps have not seen before well, that's certainly the case. I mean, the one thing is that for, for panic for them, um, the, the, is, is they, they tend to be, because they're in the markets every single day and, and looking at them, looking at individual companies, looking at trends for individual industries. So, so panic is not the sort of situation, but what they do have to deal with sometimes is on the downside is forced selling, where it doesn't matter what they think. They don't, even though they know things are, 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 are overdone to the downside. That there are assets that have value. Exactly. But they, they have to sell because they're getting a, a mutual fund redemptions or a margin call because they've got too much leverage. But the other thing happens to the, in the other direction where sometimes they get what I call performance fear, where the market's going up. And, gosh, you know, especially at the end of the year, when the market's going up at the end of the year, you might think the world's going to end next year, but you still got to be in there in December because you, you, all you're measured to is at the end, to, towards the end of the year. So now, the institutions are definitely a, a different animal, uh, but they can still have these uh, fear-greed uh, situations crop up, crop up for them. Matt, just really brief because we're going to the close here for the quarter, for the month. S&P 500 is up more than 22 points. The Dow is up more than 178 points. Give me about 10 seconds. What do you think of this? I think it's a short squeeze on chatter that Deutsche Bank uh, is going to be fine. I think it'll take a little bit longer for it to play out, so I would not be chasing this market right here. I want to thank you very much, as always. Matt Maley, equity strategist, Miller Tabak, joining us from Boston, home to Bloomberg 1200. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. We're going to take you through to the close on Wall Street next. This is Bloomberg.